0: Well, welcome to part one of a brand new series we're calling Detox. Are you excited to be here? Yeah. I hope you are. You know, it's my job as your pastor to lead you and guide you on a journey as we, as we walk through seasons of life as a church. We just came out of uh, a season of summer vacations, getaways. How many you got to get a little vacation in in the past couple of months? Anybody here? And everybody else that didn't, I'm sorry. Um... You know, it's a, it's a season where we're just kind of spending time with family, work, all those different things. But we are moving into kind of a different season. And we see this all the time in our church, and I want to kind of prepare you for it. And that is really a real season of just big growth that happens in our church. Um, last weekend here at our church was the third largest weekend in the whole year. Last weekend, um, and I heard Pastor Bubba did a phenomenal job last week wrapping up the We Are. How many enjoyed We Are series? Is good going through Ephesians, going through Ephesians, and looking at that and uh, if you missed any of that, go on our website and check it all out. But uh, we are in this season of just extreme growth, a lot of people coming uh, to church, a lot of people getting saved, just a big kind of growth season that we have as a church. And so um, before we kind of move into that big season, one of the things that we love to do is uh, to have a time of just getting ourselves in a good place. And so Every year, uh, two times a year, we do a, a time of 21 days of prayer. We do it in January, in the beginning of the year. We start out the beginning year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do fasting alongside of it. In August, which we're in right now, we do 21 days of prayer and feasting. Um, <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. That one just went right over you. And so I can add fasting if you want to, but I'm doing 21 days of prayer and feasting. And so we do 21 days of prayer, and it'll kick off tomorrow. And a Monday through Friday, we come up here at 6 a.m. Yes, 6 a.m. Uh, for one hour, and we just spend time uh, being encouraged in the Word and then praying. If you've never been to one of those, I encourage you to come and join us tomorrow or at any time in the week when your schedule fits. I know a lot of moms. Can't can't be there because of school and stuff, but uh, if you can make it or you can bring your kids or whatever. We have some people bring their kids and then they go take their kids to breakfast and then take them to school. But uh, come, we'd love for you to come and be a part of it. But we do this to, um, to get ourselves ready for what God wants to do in this season of our of our church. And so today we are kicking off this series, Detox just to get ourselves kind of physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared for what God wants to do in us in the fall. And so I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is where we're going to be. We're going to read it together, and, uh, and then we're going to dive into what God is speaking to us through 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You should have received some notes today when you walked in. encourage you to take notes alongside with us. If you got them, let me see them just so we make sure. Yeah, okay, all right, get your note taken on. All right, so Second Corinthians chapter 6, it's right there in your notes. You can read along with me. And this is what it says. It says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Now, Belial is just Satan, by the way. He says, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Let me just stop there and just say this. Listen, God does n- no longer dwells in places. He dwells in people. And so the great thing about what God does is God is with us wherever we go, and the church is wherever we go. So that's why we say when these kids go to school, they're going to bring church with them um, because they are the church. When you go to your job, you bring church with you. You bring Jesus with you because the temple of God, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't dwell in tents and buildings anymore. We have three different locations, but there's nothing special about this building. There's nothing special about all of our locations. Everything is special in you. And so we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. This is what he says. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean things, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, dear friends, now watch this. It's underlined in yours for a reason. Let us purify ourselves. From everything that, what's that word? Contaminates. contaminates. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. spirit. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now I want you to notice something here. Notice in this text that God does not do the purifying. Who does? Who does? We do. Let us purify Ourselves. Now, let's not get this confused with salvation though. Salvation is God cleansing us of our sins. You don't cleanse yourself of your sins. God forgives you at salvation. He gives you a new heart and new desires. But how many know when you get saved, how many know you still got some junk up in you? (laughs) And if you don't, you're lying. And there's still some stuff in you, some contaminants. And God says, listen, I've saved you, you're going to heaven, I'm walking in you, the spirit of God is in you, but there's still some stuff in you that I need you to work with me on to purify yourselves out of. There's some contaminants. There's a detox that needs to take place. And the truth is, you and I determine how close we are to God. Did you know that? You and I determine how close we are with God. If you're not close to God, it's not because God left you. We left him. And so there's areas of our lives that God wants to detox. So that's, that's, that's the premise. This is the theme verse for this whole series. We're going to detox this. So let's pray real quick before we go any further. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give our minds the ability to perceive what you're saying and our hearts the ability to receive what you want to say. God, I pray that you would give illumination through your word, that would bring great revelation and ultimately, more than anything, God, bring transformation in our hearts, God. Lord, we love you today. Help us to detox the things that need to be detoxed. Lord, we love you. Thank you for all that you're doing. We so are grateful for air conditioning. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Yeah. Amen. Ain't nothing worse than air conditioning not working. All right. I um, I just got back from South Africa about a week and a half ago. Had a great time there. I know Pastor Bella shared a lot of that trip last week. Uh, I'm not going to share a lot about the trip. I want to share about what I discovered when I came back. When I came back, I was excited to see my family. Of course, being away from my family for 11, 12 days, is, that's just long enough for me. And I came home and I was so excited and, and uh, a bit jet lagged, but spending time with the family. And on Wednesday, my mom texts me and she says, Hey, Josh, I know you're tired. I know it's been a long uh, time. I know you probably love to spend. Some time with your wife. Is it okay if I take your boys? And with immediately, I get down on my knees, praise the Lord, and then say, Absolutely. Come on, how many know when grandma asks for the kids, you say, Go on ahead. And if they don't, you're a fool. And so, I'm just trying to help your marriage out, okay? And so. (laughs) <laughs> they said. So what my mom says, "Hey, let me take the boys from you for the weekend. You can just you and Lindsay can enjoy. You can relax and rest." And I said, "Awesome! I'd love to do that." And so, um, so we did. And so my boys went to my mom's, and I took Lindsay out on a date Friday night. And um, and so we come home from the date, and um, I all of a sudden I hear a scream, like "Ah, Josh!" And so immediately I'm thinking a, co- a couple things here. Uh, rat, um, snake. I need to call somebody. Okay, I, that's what I'm thinking. I don't deal with any of those things. Okay, I, somebody else don't have to deal with this stuff. And Lindsay's like, No, you need to come here. And so <clears throat> I said, What's going on? She says, There's water all in our bathroom. I said, Praise the Lord. Let's <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. Let's just rejoice right now. Um, no, I did not do that. And so. I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And so sure enough, I go upstairs and undoubtedly, we don't know for duration of time, probably for at least the duration of the time that I was in South Africa, my AC unit vent that does all the dripping for the condensation had come out and was dripping in my bathroom for maybe two weeks. I don't know. We don't know. There's just water everywhere. And of course, then I'm looking up and I'm looking on the walls and there's something that everybody loves to see, Mold. Okay, so at that moment, I have a decision to make, okay? Here's the two options. Let's just close the door. We really don't use that bathroom that often. (laughs) We got four bathrooms in our house. We really, honestly, we don't use that bathroom that often. Let's close the door, and then we'll just send guests there when we don't want them to come here anymore. I mean, it's just, I'm just kidding. And so, uh, okay, so that's option one. Let's just ignore it and... Pray it dries up and maybe the mold will just, like, we can pray it away or something. That's, that's option number one. Option number two is what I didn't want to do, which I started last night, which is let's get in and we got to remove all this. <clears throat> I, I bring that up because just as much as mold is toxic for our bodies and uh, for our families, you and I have toxins in our own self, in our bodies, in our spirits, in our souls, and God actually gives us the same two options. You can do one of two things. You can close the door and try to ignore it and just hope for the best, but how many know that stuff's going to eventually kill you? Or, and it's going to kill everybody else, by the way, or you can open the door, put on the mask, go do the work, and get that stuff out like you need to. I say all that to say, Today and for the next four weeks, you're going to have those options. As we uncover the toxins in our lives, and we're going to uncover them, you're going to have these two options. You can shut the door and ignore it and act like it's not there, or we can deal with it. Are you ready? Okay, all right. So that brings us to this idea of detox. Detox is this. It's the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. Now, oftentimes when we hear the word detox, we think of things that we like ingest. But how many know toxins are not just what you ingest? You are a triune being, meaning this. You are body, soul, and spirit. Okay? When we think of detox, what do we normally think of? Think of the body. We think of drugs. We think of alcohol, which, by the way, that brings up a Boudreaux joke. You want to hear one? I mean, y'all are a little uptight right now. Let me do a Boudreaux joke. We'll try to loosen you up. Okay, so Boudreaux had been drinking a little bit, okay? He needed some detox, all right, but he wasn't getting it. And he decided he wanted to go driving. So he was driving on the interstate, and he's swerving all over the place, and a cop sees it, pulls him over. Happens to be a good friend of his. He pulls him over and says, Boudreaux, bro, you been drinking? He said, no, man, I, I, I haven't been drinking. He said, I, I, I smell wine or alcohol. He says, it's just water. And, 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 and uh, <laughs> he says, it's just water. And the, the police officer says, no, I, I, I think that's alcohol. And he goes, well, the Lord did it again. <laughs> Anyways, it gets better. So, so the officer tells Boudreaux, okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to need you to get out of the car because we're going to have to do a breathalyzer test. And he says, I can't do that. He says, well, why can't you do that? He says, I'm asthmatic. I'll die right here on the highway. He says, okay, well, then I'm going to need you to get in my car. Well, I'm going to have to take you to the police station, and we're going to have to do a blood test on you. He said, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, I'm a hemophiliac. I'm going to bleed all over. I'm going to die. He said, okay, listen, then I'm going to tell you what. I want you to step out your vehicle. I need you to walk that line. He says, I can't do that. He said, why not? He said, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I don't care what you say. That's, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right. So just like we have, we need some detox. And maybe, hey, maybe you need a detox in that area. But oftentimes we think of detox, we think of the body, but the truth is, is that you can get toxins in your soul and in your spirit as well. And so here's what we're going to do for the next four weeks. We're actually going to address every week the different types of toxins. Today, we're going to talk about spirit detox. Next week, we'll talk about soul detox. In week chapter three, week chapter three, in week three, um, Pastor Willem actually will be here in week three, by the way. Um, And then, yeah, and then in week four, we're going to talk about body detox. And so that's kind of The sermon series. And so we're going to deal with each one of these areas of our lives. Now, I I, I want to encourage you with this. All of us have toxins... All of us have areas, and the same is with the men and women in the Bible. A lot of them had times in their life where things were toxic. David, actually, as he writes the Psalms, you see some of that in his own life. And I want to read you a verse in Psalms chapter 13. When King David was kind of far away from the Lord, kind of had a toxic spirit going on, this is what he wrote, and this is what he said. These are some symptoms. This is how you can tell when you've got some, some toxicity in your life. He says this, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? Any of y'all feel like that? Maybe just wrestling your mind, can't, can't go to sleep, always worried, anxious, everything. I mean, it just seems everything, can't make decisions. There's just a lot of anxiety around your life. Well, this is what he says. How long will my enemy triumph over me? If that's you, if you've been wrestling in your mind, been hard to get peace, you just feel numb to things. Listen, you are a candidate for a spirit detox. I love the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was just as honest as David. David was an honest guy. Apostle Paul was an honest guy. Romans chapter 8 is probably one of the best chapters that the Apostle Paul ever wrote. I mean, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 starts off with, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I mean, just a great verse. I mean, we we champion Romans 8 chapter 1. God, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. All that. But most people don't read Romans chapter 7. You know what Romans chapter seven is? Romans chapter seven is the Apostle Paul struggling with himself. To the point, this is what he says. I don't have it in your notes, but you can go back and read Romans seven. Read the whole book of Romans seven. You'll see, you'll get, you'll get real encouraged because this is what he says. I have the desire to do what is right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. How many of you feel like that? I take three steps forward and six steps back. Two steps forward, four steps back. Every time I want to do what's right, I seem like I'm always doing what's wrong. The Apostle Paul, one of the most godliest men, had the same struggle. He needed to detox in his life. And actually, in Romans chapter 8, he actually gives us the antidote and how we actually get rid of these toxins. So let's turn there. Romans 8, verse 5. Now, every time you see the word mind, I want you to say it. Okay? All right? Everybody with me? Those who live according to the sinful nature have their set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their set on what the Spirit desires. The mind mind of a sinful man is death, but the controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Come on, how many say, give me some of that? Come on. (laughs) Give me some life and peace. This is what it says. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now here's the deal. I'm going to do, we're going to make this extremely practical. I'm going to give you three things that you've got to get out of your spirit. And then I'm going to give you three things you need to put in. Okay? Three things you've got to get out and three things you've got to put in. And now listen to me. I want you to commit for six days. That's all I'm asking. Six days to do what we're about to go into. And I want you to test me. I'm, I, I'm, I'm challenging you to put me. I am double dog daring you. To, yeah, I just doubled it right there. I will triple dog. I'm going to triple it now. I will double dog dare you to test what I'm about to preach to you. If you will do this for six days, I'm not asking for 21, I'm asking for six. Six days. Do what we're about to talk about. How many of you would say, okay, I will commit, you're going to make a promise before me that you're going to commit. Now listen, before you make the promise, listen, okay. All right, you cannot lie in church, all right? All right, have you read Ananias and Sapphira? When they lied, the earth opened up and swallowed them, okay? So I will pray that over you. No, I'm just kidding. And so... But I need you, listen to me, all I need from you is six days. Test what we're about to talk about for six days, and let's see. We're going to talk about three things that we need to get out of our bodies, out of our spirit, and we're going to talk about three things that we want to put in. In January, we did the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I fasted um, Dr. Pepper, which anybody that knows me, that had to be Jesus that told me to do that. And Facebook, and there was a couple other things. But sugar was a big one. Three or four days into the fast, I got the worst headache. I don't get headaches, but I got a headache. Any of y'all ever tried to, like, I'm not going to drink as much coffee? And you tried, and then you were like, I'm about to meet Jesus. Like, you, you ever, <laughs> y'all ever, y'all ever been that? Like, that's what I felt like. I felt like I'm just, I'm just going to go with Jesus right now. Jesus, just t- I mean, I had the most crazy headache. And I realized this. I am addicted to sugar and sugar and Dr. Pepper. (laughs) And For three, four, five days, man, I just had just this headache. But hitting the sixth and seventh day, I felt so good. Once that sugar and all that need and all that stuff, that toxic stuff just began to finally get out, I drink water, I mean, you know, when you drink water, you've been drinking Dr. Pepper a lot, you gotta go to the bathroom all the time. I mean, it's just constantly, I'm like, dear goodness, do I have any more liquid in me? It was just constant, and I realized how addicted I was. But I realized this, I never realized how good it felt to be free. And I'm gonna tell you right now, some of you don't even realize how good it is to be spiritually free. You've lived with these toxins for so long, It has become normal. And so today we're going to identify what these three toxins are. Are you ready? Two of you are. Okay, all right. So (laughs) let's talk about the three things that we've got to starve in our life. Here's your first one, doubt. Doubt. There's a lot of things in our life that cause doubt. I think any of us, if we're honest in here, would say that we have doubt in our lives, Um, doubt that... God is good, doubt that God is with us, doubt that God is provider, doubt, I mean, just doubt that God is a healer. There's just different things in our areas that we think that uh, when God doesn't show up the way that we want him to show up and he doesn't do it the way that we, don't want, that we want him to do it, that we, we get doubt in our lives. And I'll tell you one of the biggest ways that doubt comes in our lives is when they're suffering. I mean, when you go through a hard time, when you go through a loss, when you go through a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, when you go through something when you didn't expect it to happen and it happened, how I many would just be honest and go, man, when that happens, I get, I get some doubts with God because that's not supposed to happen. I just talked to a family just a minute ago, They're a two-year-old that just drowned. That's not supposed to happen. How I many know in that moment, the greatest thing you face is doubt? I read that the Bible says that God is good, but this situation is not good. How could a good God let this happen? Y'all with me here? Anybody, any honest people in here? You struggle with doubt. You've been trying to obey God. You've been trying to live for God and you lose your job. You're like, God, you say you're going to be a provider. You say you're going to do this, but I don't see this happening. It's the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve, when God put them in the garden, God said, listen... You are, everything is good here. Be fruitful, be multiply, have fun, eat whatever you want. Don't eat this one tree. And what does the snake come in and do? Satan comes in and the lie that he tells them is, you know why God doesn't want you to eat that? Because if you would eat that, you'd be just like him. You know what he's trying to get them to do? To doubt that, that somehow God is holding back from them. He's holding something on to them. And they begin to believe this lie. And here's the truth. Here's why doubt is such a big deal. Because if you begin to doubt the character of God, that God is good, that God is in control, that God loves you, if you begin to doubt that, you won't run to him because you don't run to someone you don't trust. Are you with me? If you don't trust that God's good, if you don't trust that God's in control, if you don't trust that God's a healer, if you don't trust that God's your provider, guess what you'll run to? Alcohol, drugs, pills, You'll run to anything and everything else to try to just mask the problems that are going on in your life instead of actually running to the one that you should be running to. You know, when, when, when adults have pain, I'm, I'm getting older, and I'm realizing my body's not working like it's supposed to, um, and, and, and I'm feeling more pain now in, in certain areas. And when we experience pain as adults, you know, oftentimes we, we don't express it. Or if we finally do express it, somebody's like, hey, have you been to the doctor? And you're like, nah, like seriously, you, like man, my stomach's been hurting for a while. You can go there. Nah, no, I'm good. We're gonna just see how this pans out. Really? How I mean, you know? Like kids are the totally opposite. All of a sudden, they have just the slightest of pain. They're like, "Oh my God, I'm gonna die!" I mean, it's like they. they I mean, we have we have band aids all in our house just for like imaginary boo boos. I mean, they're everywhere. Okay, kids are the exact opposite. I mean, as soon as something's hurting, they're letting everybody know and they want it fixed. Adults, though, I mean, we wait till the, I mean, we wait till like we're bleeding or something has happened before. Honestly, we go and get it checked out. I've never had a doctor be like, hey, listen, we caught it at stage two. I really wish you would have waited till about stage four. It would have been a lot better. Like you don't, doctors, doctors would love for us to prescribe things early, but oftentimes people wait till it's t- too late. Here, but here, listen to me very closely. Oftentimes, though, the same is with us. We start seeing warning signs of things going on. There's troubling things in our spirit and in our soul. And instead of going to the doctor, our spiritual doctor, God, instead of letting him deal with that, we say, let's just play out and let's just see how it goes. And then we, then it's years down the road. And this small problem became a huge problem. What started as something very toxic? How many know the mold that's in my house? If I just let it stay there, how many know mold, mold always grows in the dark and it never stays where it starts it always grows. Guess what? Doubt does the same thing. So you start doubting that God's good. Then you start, ah, I really don't want to go to church today. And then by the time you even realize that you're so far down the road, you're like, how did I even get here? You know where it started? Doubt. It began with doubt. So what do we do with doubt? Here, write this down. I will trust what God says. I will trust what God says. It's not really doubt that's toxic. It's unexpressed doubt. It's the fact that you're not expressing those things and getting those things out for God to heal those things. Listen, I have doubts. If you're in here and you have doubts about God, welcome to the family. The Bible says that when Jesus was rising from from the the mountain and ascending into heaven, like when he went into heaven and all the disciples were circling around him, you can go read in Matthew chapter 28. It says that as he's ascending into heaven, some of the disciples doubted. How crazy is that? Like, Jesus is like lifting, his body is lifting in the air, and they're like, "Mm, I don't know about this. (laughs) Like, is this, what what are you talking about? Like, David Copperfield or something? I mean, this is Jesus. I mean, he is lifting into the clouds, and they're still, and yet in that verse, I find such encouragement because how many of you know God's provided for you, and then the next time you're like, I don't know if he's gonna do it again. Right? Let's be honest. You've seen God do miracle after miracle after miracle in your life, and then this one little problem arises, and all of a sudden the world's falling apart because we doubt. Come on, God is good. Do you believe that? He's good. He's in control. He loves you. So we're going to trust what God says. This is what this verse says, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Here's your second one. Negativity. We've got to get negativity out got to get doubt out, we got to get negativity out. Let me ask you this, what is holding you back from being what God's called you to be? What is holding you back from dealing with the area of your life that you don't like, and to be honest, God doesn't like either? Oftentimes, when we think about the things that are holding us back, you're going to start listing out things, our people, our circumstances. We think that we're negative because of the people that are around us, or because of our employees that are around us, or a boss that's around us, or we think about our situation, or our circumstances. I'm just negative because of the circumstances that are around. But the truth is you are negative, not because of the circumstances around you. You're negative because that's something that's inside of your heart. Because here's the truth. There are people sitting on the same row as you that are probably going through the exact same situations that they are, but one of you's doing it with negativity and one of them's doing it with faith. And it has nothing to do about the situation. It has everything to do about the person. Come on, are we going to walk in faith or are we going to walk in fear? Negativity is something that we have got to get out of our lives. Because it's one thing to hold a thought. How many know thoughts flood our minds? Good thoughts, bad thoughts. I mean, thoughts flood. Anybody, anybody, anybody wrestle with your own thoughts a lot? Now, here's the difference. Now I want you to, I want you to hear me on this. It's one thing to hold a thought. It's another thing when a thought holds you. It's one thing to think, man, I can't do this, man, I'm deficient, man, I can't. Uh, whatever the lies are, it's, it's, it's one thing to hear them. It's another thing to hold on to it, and it, then it holds on to you. I'm a failure. I'm this. I'm that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Any of y'all liked um, watching Winnie the Pooh when you were younger? Any Winnie the Pooh fans in here? Um, Three of you, okay. Um, any of y'all know Eeyore? There's a lot of people in church like Eeyore. Oh, how's it going, Eeyore? Oh, just it's a bad day. This is always bad. Got no job, got no wife, got no this. Got no, my kids are crazy. My, just a bad day. Hey, man, I heard you got a job. I'm probably going to lose it. <laughs> Seriously, bro? Man, I heard you got a girlfriend. Probably going to lose her, too. <laughs> Come on, how many of you met somebody like that? All right. How many of you sitting by them? Don't raise your hand. Oh. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know we need some Tiggers up in the house, though? That's a totally different ballgame. Everybody loves Tigger. I mean, Tigger's, Tigger could have mold all up in his house. He's like, it's a great day. <laughs> I mean, Tigger, I mean, no matter what happened, no matter what was going on, I mean, like, Christopher Robin is stolen. And he's like, "This is awesome. It's great. We're going to find him. I mean, it's no matter what happened, Tigger enters into the situation and immediately would lift up whatever environment it was. Eeyore come in and try to be the... The stank that he is, and Tigger was always the one that would always come in and do it because I mean, no, oh, there's wonderful things about Tiggers. Tiggers are wonderful things. Bouncy, trouncy, founcy, fun, 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 fun. But you know, I, I love, I love the spirit of Tigger, and we need more spirit of Tigger in the house than we need Eeyores, by the way. Because here's the thing: negativity can pollute your spirit. Get out of bed. Oh, it's going to be a rough day today. <laughs> got to go to work. Thank God you got a job. What if we got out of the bed and just started with, God, I got out of bed today. Thank you. God, I had a bed today. Thank you. Y'all with me here? Gratitude is one of the greatest ways to, to do. You know, on Facebook, one of the greatest buttons I love on Facebook is this button right next on your profile. It's right on the top, and it's Unfollow. Any of y'all had to do that to some people? Yes. Don't do that to me, but you can do it to everybody else. I, there's some people, you just, you just read their stuff. It's just constantly filled with just trash and toxic stuff. And I love it. Unfollow. Man, I feel good. <laughs> unfollow. How I many of you know there's, there's negativity and thoughts that come your way, and you can simply just unfollow? Just unfollow it. I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to that. So here's what we do. Here, I want you to write this down. I will think what God thinks. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. I love this because now, remember, at one time you were holding, a thought was holding on to you, but notice what's happening in reverse now. Now you're holding on to it. The thought that once held on to you that said that you can't do this, that you're never going to go any further, that you're always going to be this, you're always going to be a failure, always going to go with it. The thought that used to always plague your mind, now you hold it. You take that thought captive. Because here's the truth. You have a choice. And your thoughts will either lead you to destruction or they'll lead you to your destiny. But it's all based off of how you think. I'm going to tell you, the battlefield is in the mind. No one lies to you more than you do. No one does. And so we've gotta be people that, that that say what God says, which is the next one. Actually, I want you to write it right above I think what God thinks. Right above think and think, I want you to say, I want you to write, I will say what God says. We're still on number two though. I will say what God says. Ephesians four twenty-nine. I want you to tune in real quickly on this one, okay? Because I think this one's gonna apply to a lot of us. Look at Ephesians four twenty nine. Don't use foul or abusive language. Well, check me out. <laughs> Now watch this. Listen. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Listen, listen. Six days, okay? Six days. Some of you are like, six days? Let's do like six minutes. I mean, can we try six hours first? Six days for the next six days. Let nothing that comes out of your mouth be not good or not helpful or not encouraging. Let everything that comes out of our mouth be good. I, I don't know how many times I've went to post something and I was like, nope, I better not say that. Yes. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. yeah, it's called self-control. It's a good thing. But come on, let's, let's be honest with, with us with each other. This is a hard one. When, when people say things against you, you so want to say things against them. When there's a situation that's going on, you so want to, oh, I got something really good for this one. But when you look at it, let's put it under, let's, 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 let's put a little test to it. Let's evaluate. Is it good? Mm, I don't know. Is it helpful? Helps me. <laughs> um, is it encouraging? Okay, maybe it's not. Then shut up. Don't say it. Six days, everybody. I'm not asking for twenty one, I'm asking for six. I'm asking for six. All right, here's here's your next one. Sin. Sin. Now what is sin? Sin is simply just missing the mark. It's just missing the uh, Romans says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin is simply we just miss the mark. So here's the question. Why are we sinning? Because we're aiming at the wrong thing. If the mark is supposed to be here and we're aiming here, that is sin. If God's saying, I want you to do this and you do this, that is sin. That's missing the mark. So here's the question. How do we overcome sin in our life? Most sin is selfish. I mean, let's just be honest. Most of our sin is selfishly based. We just do it because we want to do it and it feels good. We say what we want to say. We do what we want to do. We think the way that we want to think because it makes us feel good about ourselves. And that's, that's missing the mark because God says that's not how we're supposed to live. So here's the question. How do we overcome sin in our life? Well, let me tell you what it's not supposed to do. You're not supposed to try harder. You know what you're supposed to do? Aim better. You know how you overcome sin in your life? Man, I got a real problem with my tongue. You know why? You're aiming at the wrong thing. Aim better. And I got a real problem with this. I got a real problem with this. You know why? Because you're focused on that, which is oftentimes self. And you need to be focused here. This is where God's called you to be. If you want to overcome sin in your life, look to Jesus. He's the answer. Don't try to, don't, have you ever noticed when you try to fix yourself, you make yourself worse? Anybody in here? Like, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not. And you do it and you do it worse and then you feel guilty. Anybody in here? You know why? Because God never tried, told you to try harder. He just said, just love me more. Because when you love me more, you're going to do things that you should be doing. We need to aim better. Let me, let me show you. Well I, well, I want you to write this down. Here's our response to sin. This is how we get this out. I will turn to what God wants. I'll turn to what God wants. Repent. The word repent. Many times people think it's a bad word. Repent is, abs- is, is a great word. It's just I turn from where I'm going and I turn to the, a new direction. I'm aiming over here at sin, and I'm going to now aim over here towards God. I'm going to turn from sin, and I'm going to turn to God. That's what repentance is. And actually, this is what God says in Romans 6.13. He says, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve what? Serve sin. But instead, now watch this, give yourselves completely to God. You're going here. Give yourself to God here. Here. For you were dead, but you now have new life. So these are the three. Six days, everybody. Six days. Doubt, negativity, sin. Let's deal with these. Get these out. Six days. That's all I'm asking. But here's the deal you can't just take things out, you've got to put nutrients in. You know that? We've got to get some good stuff in. can't just get the bad stuff out. got to get some good stuff in. So let's talk about the three things that you need to feed your spirit with. Here's the first one. Nothing. None of this is going to be like, oh, I never knew that. You're going to know all this. It's very simple. I'm just going to repeat it like elementary grade. We're going to repeat the same things over again. Here's what you need to do. God's word. Number one, God's word. God's word, God's word, God's word. You've got to feed it with God's word. You can get the negativity out, but if you don't feed it with God's word, you're going to go back to being negative. I promise you. God's word reprograms our minds. Let me show you. Philippians 4 8 through 9. This is what he says. Paul says this Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise. Now, watch this. Think about these things, practice these things. Now, watch this. When you practice listening and digesting the right stuff, and you get God's word inside of you, and it's true and it's noble and it's a good report, this is what it says. The promise that God gives us is that, and the God of peace will be with you. Come on, how many want some God of peace in your life? Six days. How many of you have uh, been watching the Olympics? Anybody here been watching the Olympics? We have. Our family loves the Olympics. My boys have been counting down to the days of the, the big Friday night inaugural thing. Unfortunately, they thought the Olympics were starting Friday night, but they didn't know it was going to be four hours of people waving banners. So um, they didn't watch that much. But, uh, but yesterday was the games. And I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot of these athletes, when they walk into the stadium or the, uh, we love swimming. So Michael Phelps will be swimming tonight. We'll be cheering for him tonight. And they walk in like this. You ever seen him walk in like this? And they walk in like that. And they usually like bobbing their head. And they like, they call out their name and they come out and they, they like stone cold. They come out and they got, they got their headphones on and they just, they going through their pre-game pre-game ritual, what they do. You know what they're doing? I can't hear you, so I need to take these off. They're blocking out all the noise. Blocking out. You see other athletes do that in all these other sports? They're blocking out all the noise. Do you know that that's what God's word does for you? You know when you hear the truth of God's word, the truth blocks out the lies? You know that? So you get the truth of God's word that I'm an overcomer and no weapon formed against me to prosper, that God is a provider, that God is my healer. You start, you start putting that over your heart and over your mind. Come on, how you know it starts blocking out the lies. You start hearing the lies and you just start blocking those things out because I want you to hear me very closely. To hear what Jesus is saying, you've got to block out what other people have said. To hear what Jesus is saying, You've got to block out what other people have said. Because what other people are saying, oftentimes, is lies. Your marriage ain't going to make it. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. Dude, we're all going to lose our jobs. I don't want to hear you either. We've, sometimes we we've just got to block some of that out. And you know what? And if it does, God's my provider. God's going to take care of me. Amen. Y'all with me here? Amen. That's a part of getting God's truth and God's word in our lives. Here's the second one. Worship. So we got to feed our spirit with God's word. Get up in the morning and, and feed on God's word. Listen, for the next 21 days, we're going to give you a devotional. Um, we'll post it online for you. And, and it's something for you to read and then something for you to pray. Just for us to get into the habit of this. We're going to resource you with all of this. But worship is another one. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Now watch this. Notice who's, who, who gets peace. The people that get peace are the ones whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. How many of you notice when you get your mind off of Jesus and you get your mind on your problems, peace leaves? Ever seen that? Peace leaves real quick. But he keeps him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. For me, personally, worship is one of my best ways to keep my mind on Jesus. I've shared this story multiple times of every time we've gotten really bad news about Joel, I will either lock myself in a room or I will go for a drive and I will just put on worship music just to block out everything that I've just heard. I'm not denying the reality of it all, but I'm just going, God, you're bigger than whatever's coming my way. You're bigger than that. Worship is the way that we do that. If you have kids in here, you, you know, how many of you know your kids have selective hearing? Y'all know that? Your husband may too, but um, we ain't gonna talk about that. Uh, but how I know mean, if I say clean, they don't hear that. I, I say brush teeth, they don't hear that. I say bedtime, mm, I don't hear that. I say ice cream, they hear that. I say Legos, they hear that. I hear Chuck E. Cheese. Their shoes are already on. I mean, it's just amazing how they have the uncanny ability to hear things. I mean, I'll say it in my room. They can't even hear me. They can hear it. It's like they got sonar for these words. That clean room, that, that, that's just out of their vocation. They don't even know what that means. The same is true, though. Listen to me. The same is true. With what we need to do for the next six days. What would it look like for the next six days if we blocked out everything that was secular and every lie that the enemy tried to bring our way? What would it look like if for six days we just blocked all that out and we spent our focus detoxing our spirit with God's word, through worship, and here's your last one, through prayer. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, a very familiar passage. But I want to read it in the message translation. It gives us a little bit of a different perspective. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and this is what it says. And I want you to almost hear it as if like a, it's, a, it's a dare. Because this is what God says. If my people. Now God is now double dog, triple dog daring you. This is what he says. If my people, my God-defined people, respond by humbling themselves. And well, so What's that word? Praying and seeking my presence and turning their backs on their wicked lives. Watch this. I'll be there ready for you. So some of you in here, man, I'm just too jacked up for God to want me. No, you're not. God promises right here, man, if you'll seek him, you'll pray. You'll humble yourself. He'll be there for you. And not only will he be there for you, I want you to see what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to listen from heaven. That's what's going to happen tomorrow morning when we get together. God's going to listen from heaven. He's going to forgive their sins. And here's here's the detox part. And I'm going to restore their land to health. Come on, how many wanna restore your family to health? Restore your body to health. Restore your home to health. This is how we do it, people. I know it's simple. But we've got to get back to the simple things. Spending time in God's Word, spending time in God's presence and worship, spending time in God with prayer. Listen, I'm only asking for six days. Would I love for you to join us for 21 days of prayer? Absolutely. I hope you do. But all I want is six. If you can join us at six on Monday through Friday, come. If you can't, we understand. Do it at, your, do, do it at home. But you're going to notice in your notes there is one last thing. it says, I will, and there's a blank. Now, here's the key. We're going to wrap all this up. I'm not going to fill that in for you. You are. I want you to write down right now, or if you want to take some time and do it at home, I want you to write down what do you think are the things that you need to feed your soul, your spirit with. Maybe some habits that you need to start developing. Maybe say, hey, for the next six days, I'm going to do this. This is something that I will do myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dictate what that is for you because for every person here, that's going to be something different. I want you to fill that in. If you go to oscconnect.com, at the top, there's a, there's, a, there's a little tab that says 21 days of prayer. You click on it. There's reading plans. There's our prayer challenge of what to do. We'll be posting devotionals. We'll post all that stuff on there for you to help you. Maybe, maybe begin there. Maybe begin there. Okay. Let's wrap all this up. I want you to close your books or, or close your notes. Put your notes, your Bibles, put it away. Because I want us to take this next moment very seriously. And I believe this is honestly the most important part of the entire service, one of them, and that's our response time. And so this is what I want us to do. I want you to just close your eyes right there where you are, just just to kind of be a moment between you and God. And I want us to pray one simple prayer, all of us in this room, one prayer. And here's the prayer, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Okay, so that's the prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Lord, that you would speak. Here's the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit is that when you ask him this question, if you give him the chance to put his finger on an area of your life, he'll do it. So Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us? What are you saying to us? David prayed to God, Lord, search me, know my heart, know my thoughts, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me to the way of everlasting. That's our prayer today. God, just search me. Is there any doubt? Negativity? Maybe some ongoing sin? And then just right there where you are, I just want you to ask God, God, just help me with this. Just help me. The truth is, that a life that's lived for Jesus is all based off of one word, and that word is surrender. Surrender. There's some of you that have walked in here today, and you've gone to church, and maybe you were baptized at a young age, maybe you've made confirmation, maybe you've done all different things. I'm not talking about all those. I'm talking about have you been born again? Meaning, have you surrendered your heart to the Lord and allowed God to give you a new heart? And if you haven't today, that's the first thing that you've got to do. That's the first part of this detoxing part is that your spirit man has to even just become alive. And God does that. And if you'd be honest today and say, Pastor Josh, you know what? I've I've never surrendered my heart to the Lord. And today I would... I'd like to do that. Nobody looking around. If that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to just, you can just put your hand up and you can put it right back down. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, say count me in. Pray for me. Thank you. All these hands going up. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. Now I want us all to to pray this together. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for paying my debt. Today, I surrender my life to you. Have everything. I repent of my sins. And I turn from them to you. Lead me. Change me from the inside out. With all my heart, I'll live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.